Our scripture today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 through 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs. Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. This is a hard thing. Um, to cancel uh, worshiping together. I think of all the times where uh, brave souls have found their way to get together for worship. Uh, I can remember one time uh, in Illinois where I was snowed in, and one of my members uh, had a uh, truck, and she barreled through the snow in my neighborhood to pick me up to get me to church where, you know, seven or eight hearty souls have found their way. I can remember some worship services here where, where we were post-hurricane or pre-hurricane and uh, wondering if we should meet and people coming for that. Um, Christians have worshipped in all sorts of adverse conditions. But, so not worshipping all is a tough, a tough thing. And we miss you. And I'm sure you miss each other. But it is wise. It's a wise thing. It's wise because we're doing this today to protect each other and to do our part in the community in this challenging time of, of minimizing the social contact. Ironically, today we can really say love is why we are not here. Why we are not here. But we love you, and I know that the love that Advent has and all those of you who are watching uh, knows no boundaries because nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Our message today on being wise for the, is a good one for us because, frankly, uh, wisdom is lacking at this moment. And I'm not being critical. We've never been through something like this before, and, and there's been a lot of confusion and chaos. Monday, we began to discuss here what we would do uh, as the week went on. We really didn't know. We just kept evolving and kept listening and kept learning. And even Friday, uh, calling off school for the next few weeks, we were heartbroken because we know what that means for the kids, for you parents, but it just didn't seem right 
when all the schools in the area are closing. And really, it didn't seem like the loving thing for our church to do. We'll pray for you in this unintended spring break. Pray that it's not a long one. Pray that it's a safe one. And for all of you who will be struggling over these next few weeks, let's keep each other in prayer. Keep each other in our hearts. Let's pray for more wisdom from our leaders, even in this difficult situation. A lot of stress and strain on all people who are responsible right now. And I ask your special prayers for Evan Square. Our new director, Joanne Taylor, uh, has just arrived a week and a half ago. And look what she's facing already. Um, we are not asking you to visit Avon Square. In fact, the families are being asked not to visit, too, just to give them a shield of protection as best we can. But please pray for the most vulnerable amongst us, and that includes the folks at Avon Square. We need wisdom. Um, we need to listen to people who understand illnesses and disease, who understand how to deal with it in the community. We need to, to follow uh, their advice and their directions. And we need to pray for them to get even more wisdom as we continue to move forward together. I want to talk about wisdom from a perspective that I hope that will be helpful for us as we face this time together. Um, you... Um, know when I say wisdom in the Bible that someone comes immediately to mind, and that, of course, is Solomon. God uh, asked Solomon what he would like God to grant him when he first became king. And, and he became king as a young man, and, and, and he was concerned about the responsibilities of ruling, as he well should be. If you were asked one thing from God, what, what you could have right now, what would it be? The first thought came to mind was, in my mind, was an all-access pass to the next Bruce Springsteen tour. And then I thought maybe being a silent partner at Noble Brewing would be kind of cool. But when I got serious, it was really a cure for coronavirus <laughs> right now, right now. It could be peace on earth, goodwill to all mankind. It could be all sorts of things. For everyone to come to know Jesus as Lord would probably be a great thing to wish for. But as a ruler, Solomon had a very specific concern. He asked for wisdom. And God was pleased by his request. He could have asked for power. That's what most kings want. He could have asked for, for intelligence, which isn't a bad thing, but intelligence divorced from experience can be actually harmful. He could have asked for compassion. That might have been something that we would have liked him to ask for. But he asked for wisdom, and God was pleased. So God gave him that. And, and in this particular picture here, we see the great story of Solomon when, when he's serving as a wise judge, and two women come to him, one child between them, each claiming that child to be their own. Solomon, uh, in his wisdom, says, Well, then I guess we'll have to cut the child in half. One woman says she can have him. And Solomon says, you must be the mother, because no true mother would allow that to happen. He is a wise person. But even Solomon's wisdom had its downfall, because although it was a gift from God, Solomon forgot that. He began to think his wisdom was his, his own particular uh, talent, 
And that's always a downfall with every gift that God gives us is we get it from God and maybe even acknowledge we got it from God, but then we forget. And we start thinking it's our own, our own gift. Solomon forgot and he began to, to worship along with all the other people in his realm, the pagan gods and marrying foreign wives and seeking riches and wealth, which, which God would have gladly given him had he been faithful. And so began the long, slow process of the falling apart of the kingdom of David as Solomon began to walk not in David's path, which wasn't a perfect one, but was a faithful one, into his own direction. Wisdom is a gift of God we must cherish, and we must pray for that gift of God for ourselves at this time. There's a lot of of wisdom needed to go forward in these next days and weeks. It'll be a little hard to come by because we've never been through it before. And we don't have all the information we need. But we have one thing for certain, and that is God, who will grant us the wisdom if we do the most important thing, turn to Him, get on our knees, and ask for His guidance. The Hebrews treasured wisdom. And... Uh, they considered it a great, great value. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Now, some of you may have noticed I said she. Yeah, the Hebrews thought of wisdom as a female trait. And so all you women have the opportunity now to jab your husband or your sons or daughters. See, the Bible says wisdom comes from women. They uh, thought of Solomon's wisdom and, and, and treasured all of his great statements on wisdom in the book of Song of Solomon and in Proverbs. And some of these Proverbs, we can see the wisdom in them yet today. Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 22, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 31, 10, a wife of noble birth, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Wisdom is a treasure. It's ironic because right now I would say we're at a time in our society where we may not treasure wisdom as much as we should. In bygone eras, we had wisdom not only from Proverbs, but things like um, the uh, sayings that Ben Franklin gave us in Poor Richard's Almanac. A little um, stitch in time saves nine kind of wisdom that was passed on from generation to generation. Are we passing those on to our kids? Or are we caught up in a new direction which says nothing old is worth knowing? All the old stuff is outdated, as if there is no value to it. I think about a, a person like Mark Zuckerberg, the founder, developer of Facebook. And I think about how incredibly smart and, and, and uh, how incredible his mind must be. And, of course, good timing. 
Mark Zuckerberg has continued to, to expand the influence of Facebook in our lives, and we have followed suit not only there, but in other social media avenues too. Who can imagine a world without it now? And yet, we see really a lack of wisdom. A lack of wisdom, and it's showing. Mark Zuckerberg did not know what he was unleashing on the world. And we don't even know sometimes what we're using, but, but right now one could argue that, that Facebook and other social media uh, platforms have spread more disinformation about this virus and about so many things than good information. We've even started to, to teach kids that, that they're going to find out the truth from Twitter. Remember the days where there was an, a, a wall of encyclopedias? And, and, and you pretty much thought that what was in there was probably true, and frankly, it probably was. And now what do you have? Wikipedia, written by a bunch of people, posted by a bunch of people, looked at by a bunch of people. We don't know. In this time, wisdom must be treasured. We should do all we can to look backward, even as we're moving forward. What did our ancestors in faith and in life teach us about the value, the simple values of things like hard, honest work, about going to church every Sunday unless you're asked not to, about the simple things in life like being decent and returning something you borrowed. Think about the old proverbs, the old wise teachings, the examples of our forebears. There was a lot to treasure in those. Everything new is not necessarily true or good. And now is a time maybe more than ever for us to, to regain a respect, not just for cleverness, which is awesome, but wisdom, which is a treasure. As we continue through Scripture, we see Hosea, the prophet, make a pretty clear case for why wisdom is our guide in life. Who is wise, he says. Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. We're not going to find anything better for the future than the old answers that God has already given us in Scripture. There's no new thing that's going to open up all the doors or all the possibilities in matters of faith. We are grateful to God that he continues to reveal new things through science and medicine and through all the various um, worldly ways that he blesses us. But we're not going to find anything more about the meaning of life, the purpose of life, the reason we're here and what we're supposed to do with our lives, then we already know that God has already shared with us. People often wonder why the Bible stopped where it did. It stopped where it did because that was enough. That was enough for us to go on more than enough. So these next couple of weeks, why, why you are wondering um, how much more binging you can actually take on Netflix, try binging on the Bible. Open it up. You'll be surprised that as your pace of life, sadly, 
maybe even um, frighteningly, slows down how the Word speaks, how the Word can reach you in new ways. If you're like me, you're so busy with life that it's hard to sit down for one second and just read those words. But if you've got the time, go out. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Go out with your Bible and read. And let God's wisdom be your guide, your comfort, your encouragement, your compass, your light. The Bible tells us that wisdom is a blessing. Uh, not sure if any of you have been to Mont Saint-Michel before in France, but I sure would like to put that on my bucket list. It's this entire uh, city built on an island, taking up every square inch of it. And what I love about this is, is this was built on a solid rock foundation, and therefore they were able to build it all the way up. And look at the very pinnacle, the church's spire. The church's spire. Faith. This is a great illustration for what Jesus said when he said that, that everyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise person who builds their house on the rock. The rains come down, the streams rise, viruses appear, but it did not fall because its foundation is on a rock. All around you, friends, people are experiencing what it means to go through this virus with a house built on sand. Oh, it's a nice house. It's a beautiful house. It was actually pretty easy to build because it's easier to build on sand, right? You don't have to dig down and sink your roots in. You don't have to worry about that. You just plop it down there, but it doesn't last. And they maybe didn't mean to build their house on sand. Maybe they didn't know any better. We're not going to judge them. But they're going to look and say, hmm, I don't understand why you're not freaking out. I don't understand why you're not panicking. I don't understand why you're not um, uh, hoarding and, and, and uh, stressing. Why you're not turning on other people. I don't understand. You say, that's because, friend, not that I'm so good, but I got a house built on rock. And they'll say to you, what is that rock? And we'll say, do you know his name? Do you know his name? It's an easy name. It's Jesus. Wisdom. Knowing that what Jesus taught us and what we find in Scripture is worth building our life on is a blessing. It's a blessing that we have it. Seek it out. If it's been a while since you listened to the wisdom of Jesus, now's the time. Now's the time. And if you feel perhaps right now you don't feel like your house is on a rock, this is an opportunity. Use it. Use it to find out how to sink those pilings in something that will last forever. As we said at the beginning of our service, pastors are still available for conversation by phone. Email us. Text us. Use the Facebook site that we have for wise purposes. Let's share, let's learn, let's grow with one another. And we'll be posting this week the links to Right Now Media, which will give you an opportunity to go online and find incredible videos on faith. They're incredible, and they're free. So we'll get you those links. Uh, if you want them in advance uh, of that posting, you can email any of the pastors. We'll send you the link.
Wisdom is a fruit of faith. This goes back to the text we started with. And, and I have to admit, it was a long and maybe confusing text. Um, but it's really important. Very important. Because Paul discovered something when he began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He realized as he began to preach it that those who already thought they knew what life was all about thought he was a fool. The Jews thought they knew what life was about. They were waiting for a Messiah. He would be a king. He would take Jerusalem back, Israel back, and make them great like they were in the days of David. And when he talked about a a man nailed to a tree, they could only laugh. The Bible says, cursed is a man nailed to a tree. For them, that death was an example, a proof positive why Jesus couldn't have been the Messiah. Meanwhile, as he tried to speak to the Gentiles, he, he found definitely open ears. But they also wondered, what is it, this God who dies? What kind of God is that? Gods don't die. They live forever. Gods are powerful. Gods are strong. Gods would have wiped out Pontius Pilate, the Jews. He would have wiped out everything and been God forever. Paul found himself again and again preaching a gospel that turned out to be a stumbling block that the Jewish people just couldn't get over. And the Gentiles regarded as foolishness. Some things don't change, right? They don't change. One thing we must understand about God's wisdom is that very often the world will not understand it. The world, and maybe even we, can't understand what it means to say, love your enemy. The world can't imagine why you would take what you have and give it to somebody else who doesn't deserve it. The world doesn't understand why you would forgive someone who's never asked for forgiveness. The world doesn't understand how the poor could be blessed. How those who mourn can rejoice. The world cannot understand those things. They're not logical. They're not logical, sensible, reasonable, because they're matters of faith that come from God. And so you always feel like a stranger in a strange land as you hold on to the wisdom of God. But I think we all know it's worth holding on to. And and I think we discover as we continue to, to walk with Jesus that this is salvation. This is freedom. This is real life. That his kingdom of God is the only kingdom worth belonging to. No matter what it costs, no matter what it means. Once again, I say there will be no better witness for us to offer in these next few weeks than how we behave, how we live, how we love. There's the old song. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. I guess I should add, or they won't. They will or they won't. It depends on us. The early church, when it was struggling, persecuted, and, and, and quite uh, shunned by culture, did something really strange. Something decidedly unwise to any other eyes. When the plague hit Rome, 
The rich people and all with means left town, leaving behind even their own family members. But the Christians didn't leave. They stayed. The Christians stayed. And they didn't just take care of their own family. They took care of those left behind. Not all survived. And some of the Christians that stayed behind to do the caring were among those who gave the ultimate price. But what happened when the nobles and the wealthy and the powerful came back to Rome and found out the Christians had cared for their families was the beginning, friends, the beginning of what became a movement where eventually Christianity was accepted, embraced, and became the religion of the Roman Empire. They'll know we're Christians by our love, or they won't. I know, Advent, that we're up to the challenge. We may not be able to hug them right now. How can we hug them without our arms? We know we can't necessarily get together, but how can we be together? They will know we're Christians by our love. Paul says in Ephesians that it was through the church that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We spend a lot of our time wishing that our culture was still Christian. It's a waste of time. It's not. But we're Christians in this culture. We're Christians in this catastrophe. We're the Christians left behind to do what we can, to treasure God's wisdom, to act wisely, to be wise in God and God's salvation together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, all wisdom comes from you. We pray that you will grant wisdom to those who are in positions of responsibility. We pray that you would give them wisdom beyond anything they'll find in any test tube or lab. We pray that you will give them what they need to lead. We pray that you will give to all those who are afflicted your comfort, all those who are anxious your peace. We pray that you would give to leaders of the church, to our members, the wisdom, the courage, and the compassion for these days ahead. All wisdom comes from you. For that we give you praise and thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.